Last time I talked to you, you were just about to move and you just had a baby and you said something about how you thought that this might be your last child. Um, but in the past couple of years, it sounds like maybe those thoughts have changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. <laughs> hey friends, Lizzie here. Today I have a different kind of episode than usual. Recently a friend of mine reached out to talk to me about some thoughts and feelings she was having regarding her hopes and plans for her family. She mentioned some things that had gone wrong, some things that had been really hard, some things she was worried about, and some things she couldn't seem to move past. They were pretty much all thoughts and feelings that have been part of my life in the past several years as well, so I was eager to talk. And she was kind enough to let me record the conversation which I thought would be interesting and helpful to so many women who wonder if they can have both the family and the career they feel called to. Rebecca decided to pursue medical school about the same time that she had her first child, and so her experiences of motherhood and pursuing a career are closely connected, and she's still in the thick of it as a third-year resident. Among other things, we talked about the special pressures young mothers feel in the workplace, the changes in our perceptions toward working mothers, both as individuals and as a society, and of course, the many forces, both in and out of our control, that can shape a family. But as always, I mean, I always say to start at the beginning, uh, and I know that for you, maybe this goes all the way back to your childhood. So, so wherever you think the beginning is, let's let's hear it. You know, when I was a little girl, I um, I had a working mother. She worked as an engineer, and she. Um, she worked every day. I would go take the bus to her lab when she finished up work and after school every day. And she would, I would see her office. I would take a look at everything around, see the work that she did in the lab. And I was always inspired by her work. And I felt like she was a huge part of my life. I never really saw her working as a major drawback for me ever. I didn't even really think of it as a drawback at all. And, um, she balanced everything really well, in my opinion. And I felt like it was always in, in some ways for me, like looking at my own family, it seemed pretty normal to have a working mother, but at the same time, there weren't really a lot of examples of women physicians and specifically women physicians in my own, um, in the area I grew up in and the culture I grew up in who also had children. And so there was a lot that I think was still unknown to me. If And so truthfully, I, I never thought about being a doctor until after I had already graduated from college. You got married fairly young, right? Yeah. So I was 20 when I got married. I was very young. And you had already graduated from college at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And just you were working? Yeah. So when I graduated, I um, wasn't really totally sure what I wanted to do. So I studied biomedical engineering and I thought maybe I'd um, work in that field for a few years. And at that time, I did feel like 
kind of following the typical path that I had seen growing up, although it wasn't necessarily the path I saw in my own family. And that was that I would probably work for a few years. We would have a baby. I would stop working while I raised some kids. And um, yeah, like I would, I would still have that career option. But um, when I, uh, so when I did start working, I worked in a lab and doing research in biomedical engineering. And that's where I realized that I wasn't, it wasn't quite the right fit for me. And studying biomedical engineering, I always kind of imagined that I would have a better sense of how the human body worked. And while it did provide some of that, um, I realized that I still wanted to learn medicine. And I specifically felt that the lab work wasn't quite the best fit for me, that I needed a little more human interaction. And I was specifically drawn to interacting with other people while they were facing different problems with their bodies and having a better understanding of that and working with them through that. Um, So it was all kind of, it, it was really interesting chain of events because like I said, I was kind of already feeling like, yeah, I'll probably work for a few years and then have some kids. And then at the same time, I was feeling really drawn to having a career change and, you know, going on a pretty different path in some ways and a pretty time-consuming path that would require several more years of training. And so my husband and I, we worked through a lot of these decisions together and felt pretty strongly that I did, that I would go to medical school and we would make that all work out somehow. But it, that feeling that we had that maybe we'd have kids in a couple of years also didn't fade. And we had to kind of work through how it would all work at the same time. Um, We didn't really know a lot of the details, but we did feel like we would try and make it work and that even though I was applying to medical school, we would try and have a baby. And so that's kind of where the family planning really started for the story that we felt pretty strongly that it was time to still try and have a baby, even though a lot of the details weren't very clear. So we had our first six months before I started medical school. And at that time, like I said, we, I was still really young. I was 23 when I had my first and my husband had just started working after he finished his degree and his salary really wouldn't cover our expenses and our childcare. And, uh, it was definitely a big leap of faith. And, you know, we grew up in a place in a culture where people made sacrifices and started their families young, but at the same time we were living in New York city where that wasn't necessarily the case. There were, you know, there was, um, there were a lot of parents who, waited longer and for good reason, wanting more life experience, making sure they were with the right person, you know, um, but we chose a pretty different path than what we usually saw around us (laughs) where we were. So it was a big leap of faith. And I will say that there were definitely times that I felt like people directly questioned me and were very shocked and surprised and definitely already shocked and surprised that I was married so young. But then again, when I, when I was pregnant, so the details did slowly fall into place (laughs) Um, and it worked out. We were able, you know, everything ended up working out just fine and we felt really lucky. I relate a lot to this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I also got married fairly young. I was, I had just turned 21 when we got married. Mm -hmm. I applied to grad school when I was pregnant with my first 
Mm-hmm. Um, I started grad school when my uh, oldest child was three months old, four months old. Mm-hmm. And I also, I mean, we had, I had my baby when we were living um, in Hawaii, but mm-hmm. when I moved to New York with the baby and started grad school and realized that not only was I um, fairly young in the program, because I think a lot of people had taken a few years mm-hmm. after their graduation to mm-hmm. do other things, mm-hmm. but I was also obviously the only parent. And, mm-hmm. and I think there was one other person who was married, yeah. but it was like, whoa, who are you <laughs> and what is happening? And yeah. growing up in our, in our culture, it was like, oh, all of my friends are doing this. Like, this is completely normal. Yeah. And I definitely was like, oh, this is, I'm weird here having already having a baby like I was like well I gotta I gotta do this you know Mm -hmm. like it kind of gave me a little bit of confidence to be like you know I'm a mom Mm -hmm. and I've got to take responsibility I was really really focused when I was in grad school Mm -hmm. because I really felt like I had to prove myself as a young mother that I could do this yep there's a lot of pressure when I when I delivered my first I was 23 like I mentioned and um, in New York, the hospitals are a lot more crowded, right? There's only space in postpartum for you, you have to share a room. So, um, so I had a roommate for a couple of days while I was recovering. And, um, you know, when the nurses come in, they administer medication, they need to confirm your date of birth sometimes, or even when they're just handing you your baby back from the nursery. And so uh, I soon found out that my roommate's birthday correlated with her being exactly twice my age. And we were both we both had our first baby and, you know, we were both first time mothers. And I remember just feeling so conscientious every time the nurse came in and asked me to confirm my date of birth. I kept it quiet, hoping my roommate wouldn't hear. And, you know, I'm sure she felt a little bit of, you know, similar feelings on the other end, but I was just always so conscientious of the fact that I was such a young mother, especially in a place where it was, you know, like, people thought it was pretty unusual and I didn't always want to have that conversation right away. (laughs) So, you know, yeah. And there were so many times when, you know, our kids were in preschool there and we would hang out with other parents and sometimes certain dates would come up. People would say like, Oh yeah, back when I was in college and this event happened and, I would think like, oh, I was 10 and like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I really don't want to tell them where I was when that happened, <laughs> you know, I just right. didn't quite want to bring it up so soon because I knew it was so shocking and, you know, we would just kind of get by and try our best to avoid really revealing our ages to the other parents. So yeah, yeah, we, we still kind of get people who are like, how old are you? This is a little bit jarring to think that these people are your peers, um, but also like they have such a different life experience. So, so when I started medical school, I had a six month old, but I was already feeling a lot of pressure to figure out how other kids would fit into that schedule, the medical school plan. And I, it was still pretty early. I wasn't necessarily planning on getting pregnant right away again, but I just wanted to get a sense of how possible it even was and when it would fit in. And um, I didn't have any 
doctors in my family. I didn't even really know a lot of other medical students or recent graduates when I was starting and I didn't really know who to go to. And so I set up a meeting with the Dean of Student Affairs who happened to be a woman and a mother herself. And um, I went in and I introduced myself and I was kind of nervous to just like be like, hey, I have a baby, but I'm thinking about other babies. And anyway, I just, so I just kind of introduced myself. I mentioned I had a baby and she was just so supportive and so excited that I even had a kid. And the conversation led to her asking me, do you think you want to have another? And I said, yeah, actually, that's why I've set up this meeting. I'd love to try and figure out how I can plan for that. And um, she was like, well, of course, and you could even have two if you want. I, I can help you with all of that. <laughs> and she was wow. just so, and she was just so supportive and she really wanted to help make it happen. And she had done it before with other students in the past, some, you know, here and there. So she basically helped, you know, work out a plan with me. Of course, she was very understanding that, you know, you can't always plan these things perfectly. And, you know, we, if I could, I would suggest during these times, but if it doesn't work out, you know, we can move things around this way. So she, um, she kind of helped me visualize when it would happen. And we, we basically set it up so that if I did get pregnant, kind of according to plan, I would be able to take two semesters off one each and have two more babies in med school and, um, end up just graduating a year later. So I had my second baby right after, well, basically during my second year. And um, it was right after I took the first step of the boards, which is a day long exam. It's very, it, it requires a lot of endurance. And I was 36 weeks pregnant when I took it and already struggled through the studying process of just like day long studying for weeks and came in, took the test. I think I I think I may have scared some of the proctors by my size. <laughs> they were probably a little nervous about seeing someone so pregnant walking in, but they were also very supportive and made sure I got up and got breaks. And they told me, just raise your hand if you need anything. We're here to help you. And thankfully, I got through the test and um, it worked out. I So a few weeks later, I delivered my second and I had that semester off, which was amazing. And still very challenging, but it was great that I didn't have a lot of, you know, my career to worry about right then. And um, so I ended up going back into medical school six months later. My uh, third year started. So the third year is a whole different experience because you're working clinically with patients and you're being graded on actually demonstrating what you would work like as a doctor it's really important for residency applications because it is a little bit more of the real experience versus just studying for tests before that, basically, and felt a lot of pressure to perform well. And I also felt like I was so behind after taking time off and focusing so much on my home life without really getting a lot of studying in. There was a huge learning curve again, but thankfully, I worked with a lot of understanding physicians who mentored me and, you know, they gave me some second chances to learn the material. And I just really pushed myself that year. It was definitely the most disciplined year I think I've ever experienced. And I 
like we talked about before, there is some pressure to prove that, you know, just because I'm a mom doesn't mean I can't do this too. And to show that I could learn the material just as well and work with patients just as well. And so I structured my schedule so carefully and, you know, you're in the hospital all day and then you have to still study for exams after. And then I still had my kids to be with and my husband. And so I just cut out anything unnecessary and pushed myself really hard that year. And it was a very rewarding year, but it was pretty exhausting and um, still not like great sleep. You know, my kids aren't great sleepers and it's just something we've had to suffer through. And, you know, we tried so many things and it just never really worked. And I've just usually spent the first year of their lives waking up at least three or four times a night with them. But you know, we pushed through it, it worked out, and, you know, thankfully I did really well my third year. And so then, <laughs> moving forward, we still we were going to have another kid. That was part of the plan that I worked out with my dean. Mm-hmm. And um, fourth year came along, and um, I planned to get pregnant in the fall, and um, that didn't work out. But I was actually kind of grateful it didn't work out, and I feel like it was Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was much better planned to have a baby a little bit later, although it meant having a baby closer to residency. But that way I was interviewing pregnant instead of interviewing with a newborn um, for residency. So I uh, had finished up all of my work and then had a few months off where I was interviewing and then delivered a baby and then started my residency when my third was just two months old. And I had been out of practice for about eight months. So it was a huge transition again to be a resident and suddenly have a lot more responsibility and I'd say much higher expectations than a medical student. But it it was a lot. It felt like it was very overwhelming too. Were you enjoying life? (laughs) Like (laughs) it just sounds so stressful um, to be, you know, to have young children, to be, I think at this time you also moved. Yeah. Um, and then also to be starting this really intense experience, being yeah. responsible for people's health and lives. Yeah, right? definitely. And yeah, it's true. I, you know, all in all, I was actually still really happy and I was lucky to have never dealt with postpartum depression or anxiety and somehow, you know, still felt pretty lucky to be where I was and doing what I was doing. I think, you know, there's a lot to be grateful for still in these situations. Like I had everything I'd hoped for, you know, I had the family I wanted and I was pursuing the career I wanted and it doesn't mean it wasn't really stressful though. (laughs) There were, there are so many things that are even, you know, when you try and be real with people, there's still so many things that are going on that are hard to really share and, express but you know you you push through it (laughs) those hard times always had an end at least in sight at least I felt they did you know there are so many milestones when it comes to raising a child and even to my career there were it's all broken up into these very specific periods that I could look forward to different milestones so you know having having it all happen at the same time was really hard, I will say. So we moved when my third child was only two weeks old and that was a bad idea. (laughs) It was just, 
it's stressful finding a place. The way that the residency match works is that you find out in March where you're going to be moving and you have to be there by June. And moving a family takes some time. And um, we were actually also moving, you know, my family and my parents actually moved with us. So there was a lot to coordinate and we ended up finding a great place that would suit all of our needs, but we needed to move there when my baby was two weeks old. So <laughs> it was really hard, but it worked out like somehow there was a lot to work through, but here I am. Do you feel like you'll look back on that time as like, like, wow, we made it through. I can't believe that that was part of our lives and we are awesome. <laughs> or like, I, I never want to think about that again. <laughs> I a little of both. I don't really want to relive those experiences a whole lot, <laughs> but um, it was still, yeah, it was a growing period and I'm still grateful that I had those challenges and pushed myself through it to, to get through something like that. It does help you build some confidence. So now you're in your residency. You've been in your residency for a couple of years. And how long is your residency? My, my residency is four years. And so I'm about halfway through right now. And how does that feel? Um, I feel, I will say, it. there are so many feelings. So in some ways, I feel like I'm really becoming a doctor now. I feel like I'm working more independently. I'm seeing more patients. I can really manage a lot of things that I couldn't manage when I was an intern. I do feel like now that my kids are a little bit older and that we're out of the infant phase, everything's a lot easier at home, at least a little bit, you know, that maybe it's not easier, but things are different. <laughs> the sleep deprivation is no longer an issue. We don't really have to deal with diapers and all of the extras that come with having a baby. Although every kid still needs attention, no matter how old they are, it's still just a different experience and somehow feels a little less demanding. So I'd say compared to when things started, when I had a two-month-old and two other kids, and was still just physically exhausted from having my third child. Now I feel like I'm at least much more, like I'm back to normal physically and mentally. I feel like I just have a lot more mental capacity to do all the things I'm doing at work. So mm -hmm. it's a good spot right now. Um, but it, it sounds like there's, I mean, some hesitancy that, that, you may want to enter that um, newborn phase again, possibly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's the next part of the story. Um, last year, we... So I've always wanted four kids. And last year, it felt like maybe we were a little bit, you know, out of the woods with all of the hard things we went through with the newborn experience with our third and we felt pretty good about trying for a fourth. And um, it seemed like a good time in my career. I will admit, every time I've made these decisions, you know, it's there's still a lot of unknown. And you just kind of have to have faith that it's going to work out. And I could at least visualize it a little bit better since I was in my second year. I could see other women doing their family planning and kind of visualizing it better. But... It was still, it was still a hard decision to make, um, and 
I knew how hard my pregnancies were and it was very real memory still. <laughs> and it was hard. It, it, it really did take a lot of faith to try again for a fourth. And um, thankfully I did feel a lot of support from, you know, the people I had opened up to about that. There were a couple of people in my program and that it would work out still. And so we moved forward with that. And um, so I ended up getting pregnant my second year and um, I was so excited, but also feeling a very realistic anxiety knowing what it would really take because I had done it three times before and also recognizing that I was in a different situation now residency is more physically demanding and it was going to take a lot more out of me I think so I was feeling a little nervous still but obviously still really excited and I wanted like I said I kind of always imagined having four kids and I was excited to see that unfold and then um, you know, we actually announced it to our families and they were all very excited. They were also a little surprised because they thought that we were done with three. Yeah. We had expressed that that was a lot and that we were feeling that we were probably done. So they were all a little bit surprised too, but also very excited. And then I ended up having a miscarriage and that was a whole new experience for me. I had never had pregnancy loss before. And of course I had treated a lot of patients with it, but it had never really been my experience. I knew a lot of people and thankfully a lot of friends who had opened up about it and shared their experiences. So I didn't feel like it was so unfamiliar. I knew exactly what was happening, but yeah. it was still a whole new experience for me. I mean, I know a lot of a lot of women experience it very differently emotionally um, mm -hmm. as well as physically, but no matter how many people you've, you've talked to or in, been in contact with or treated or whatever, you, you don't know what it feels like on the inside. Right. And that's really, really hard to, right. to have to find that out. Like I said, that was, there were a lot of complicated emotions surrounding that miscarriage because I was really excited that we were going to, you know, have that fourth kid that we kind of always thought of. But I also, as I, you know, even though that I had a shorter pregnancy and miscarried, even just during the time I was pregnant, some new feelings and realizations developed. And I started to really acknowledge just how real the physical demand would be. And I also recognized the challenge that it would be with this specific timing that we had landed. And um, in some ways felt the strange sense of relief that, you know, maybe this isn't meant to be. You are, how old are you now? I'm 31. You're 31. So still, still have time. Super old. <laughs> yeah. I know it's, it's been so funny because I will say, you know, I have some very close friends in, both professionally and just in my neighborhood and friends from church that I've had these discussions with. And every time that I mention that, like, okay, I think we're done people say, but you're 31, you can't make it so final. And, you know, it's like, it's still so young to even be like, to even have three kids, to even be exploring, you know, having more. It's, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I think um, 
So my experience also is somewhat similar to yours in that I had three children who came more or less on schedule. uh, And then I had between my third and fourth, I had, you know, several miscarriages. And Mm -hmm. so there was like this big gap and there was definitely a time when I, you know, I was like, is this worth it? (laughs) Like, just because I started on this path and I have this in my mind and it's never what I expected to only have three kids. I mean, only coming from a very large family. Right. (laughs) um, Doesn't mean that I can't, you know, make a different choice and say that this is, my family is perfect the way it is and I don't need to put myself through this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, it never felt right to me, uh, but mm-hmm. I was trying to, to come around to that yeah. and to be like, this is fine. People do this all the time. Nobody gets exactly what they want. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I, I did end up having that fourth child and, mm-hmm. you know, I have had a, you know, he is four years old now. Mm-hmm. And there was several years, I guess, where uh, pretty much his entire life when I was like, oh, man, I hate that four-year gap mm-hmm. my third and fourth. Like, I just really hate that. Yeah. It feels like such an ugly wound. It feels so hard to mm-hmm. look at that. But one thing that I have really noticed is that I feel so much more confident as a mom that I Mm -hmm. have so much more fun with my kids. Mm -hmm. And I guess that time when it was really stressful, um, I mean, having, having three young kids is stressful. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But when you have uh, another child and there's, you know, my oldest was nine, Mm -hmm. I think when the fourth child was born. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he was really helpful. You know, in my own experience, trying to find the beauty in this, situation that I have felt a lot of times is broken like mm-hmm. like it, you know the reason that I can have more kids than a lot of people and is because yeah they are spaced out whether I did that or not mm-hmm. <laughs> is that for debate um yeah and also you know I started younger so I had more energy I had more time yeah um, which you know gave me gave me space to make that kind of decision yeah and definitely having having that larger gap I feel like has given me kind of a second chance to have fun with babies. Yeah. Babies are not fun. Um, Yeah. A lot of times. I mean, yes, they are, but in the most annoying way, like, Oh, they smiled at me. Oh, I'm so happy. It's like, that was all it takes. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, But also, I mean, just to see the different relationships kind of develop, you know, the way that they care for each other and play with each other, I think is, is different than if I'd had children closer. Yeah. Um, Which is an interesting, I don't know, just an interesting thing for me to see from the perspective of someone who grew up in a family where there was not even a two year gap between any of the siblings. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I think we kind of grew up in this culture where, you want them close together. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt this way, but when there was like one kid that was like several years younger, people were kind of like, Oh, was that a surprise? <laughs> like, right. did you really yeah. plan for that? It was kind of, it was usually not part of the plan. I felt like, you know, whether it was because of pregnancy loss or 
infertility or because they didn't plan for it and they got pregnant unexpectedly. So I do think there is, um, now that I've, you know, asked a lot more women about their experiences and planning their families, I have come to recognize that I think that was a little bit more of what we saw, even though it wasn't what was actually happening. There were a lot of families and there are now a lot of families that I know of who, um, who ended up having those gaps and it was part of the plan and they've had a really great experience. And while it may be a little bit different, there were, there were a lot of benefits to it. Like you mentioned, there, there are things that make it a little easier when you space it out a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, um, it was during this time, I think I was actually like very newly and tenuously pregnant with my fourth child. We were Mm -hmm. visiting my parents and, um, my other three children, we had them take swimming lessons just at a, a neighbor's house, basically, because they had a pool and they were giving swimming lessons for much less than you can get them for in New York City. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and so, you know, for the two weeks we were there, we would take the kids over and they would have swimming lesson. Um, but the the family had five teenagers and a two-year-old. Oh, wow. And, and of course, my husband and I, having gone through this experience where we had this gap that was more than we expected or wanted, and um, you know, talking to talking to the mother of these children, she was like, "You know, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> this yeah. is so wonderful." <laughs> um, you know, and I guess they had had like a similar. Well, they she said that they'd gotten married a little bit later, meaning like mid twenties. <laughs> <laughs> and then they I think they had a miscarriage like first thing and so Mm. then they felt really urgent that they needed to have all their kids right away Mm. and so they went through you know several years of just being chaos and stress and just Mm. getting those babies there you know feeling really strongly they needed to do this and then and then you know they were thought they'd done it they were done Mm -hmm. but then to have this this sixth child so many years later Mm -hmm. I mean she basically said a similar thing to what I've been feeling is like, this is so much fun. This is way better, (laughs) way better than being a young mom was being an old mom. So what type of medicine are you practicing? I'm in emergency medicine. And that's where you're planning to stay forever and ever. Yeah, that's the goal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So is that, I mean, I, I have watched a few seasons of ER, (laughs) but I don't really know anything about, uh, like, I mean, it sounds like emergency room doctors are like, you know, on call or they work long hours. I'm just wondering if there is a point in time when you feel like I would be able to set my own hours and, or, I mean, not necessarily set your own hours, but feel more comfortable taking the time to, to, you know, grow your family. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's funny because of the way that I my career has also been so focused on family planning. And it's almost like when I see an opportunity, I'm like, ooh, that would be a good time to have a baby. When most people are probably like, ooh, that would be a good time to travel or <laughs> do all these other things that people do. And so it's just kind of funny because it's still in the back of my mind whether or not I think it's actually a good time for me. Um, like I see it and I'm like, oh, that is a really good time in a career. And there are a lot of discussions 
about is it better to have a baby as a resident or until you finish and you're in attending and everyone gives you different answers but um and everyone has different experiences and they still have kids and they still are really grateful they had them when they did you know in the mo- for the most part <laughs> and um some people are in the camp that residency is a time when it's actually easier to have a baby because of the level of responsibility that even though our hours are so much longer than when you're in attending mm-hmm. that you can still step out and the attending is still kind of the final word you know they can still they're still in charge and the responsibility really lies with them and it's their job to make sure that everything still works out even if you have to step out for a little bit to pump or if you're just feeling physically exhausted and need to sit down for a little bit and so in some ways it's a little bit lower pressure to have a baby then but it's just so much more physically demanding and I think that's why different people choose different times because it just depends on what their biggest concerns are on the other hand as an attending your schedule is probably half of what it is now in some places although it really depends on what you pursue exactly because some people will probably have similar hours but um you have the opportunity to have significantly reduced hours and um that makes it a lot easier in a lot of ways so I feel like for me um like I said, it's a lot harder to imagine it at such a physically demanding point in my career, but there are, there are benefits each way. So I'm wondering if you, if you have mentors or um, coworkers you feel like are a good example or give you hope. Yeah. When I was growing up, I did know one woman physician of our faith and I always looked up to her. She just seemed like she had everything under control and was excellent at everything she did. And when I was accepted to medical school and we were making the decision to move forward and really, you know, like commit, it was a time when I reflected on her and I called her and just asked her for any advice moving forward. And she ended up actually saying she didn't recommend that I continue on this plan and that she would recommend becoming a physician assistant or a nurse practitioner and doing something that's a little bit more accommodating to family life. And she also mentioned that she felt that her career played a big part in her divorce and that it's always been kind of a dark point in her life. And that was a big surprise because I didn't really feel like, I didn't feel any of that when I had been shadowing her, but it was hard to hear that. And I didn't, I felt like I was pretty alone navigating how to do this uh, as a new mother and as someone of our faith, but I just didn't have an example of it. So going, like I mentioned earlier, when I went to the dean at my medical school and shared my family plans with her, she was so supportive, immensely supportive. And all along the way since then, I've really only felt support. There are, you know, some awkward moments when people are kind of confused about like why I'm doing this, but, but they're always supportive. <laughs> and I, I feel lucky to be in, to have been training in progressive cities where there are a lot of women 
in the workforce here in medicine and they there's they aren't alone and they they've had their own support system more recently thankfully but that there are so many more women in medicine now and they're there to support me too and it's like I said every step along the way starting when I went to my dean in medical school to the women physicians I worked with in medical school who saw you know everything that I was trying to balance and really rooted for me and mentored me and put me in a good position to succeed and I've also felt that from all of the men I work with too that they're so used to working with women now and are extremely supportive and so coming into residency that was something I really valued when I was on interviews was talking to people about the experience of women in particular at their residency programs and I did feel like for the most part everyone was really excited that I was a mom (laughs) and they were they were super nice about it and they saw it as a strength and whether or not there were some hesitations behind that (laughs) they didn't say it at least (laughs) I'm sure there were some who were like oh this is gonna be hard I hope we can manage this you know but for the most part everyone was very supportive and I ended up choosing a program that I fell in love with for a lot of reasons but also felt strongly that I would be well supported there there were so many women in leadership and women who had had children at different points in their career and who I knew would support me Maybe not everyone was doing this exact thing, but I actually do know a lot of women who have balanced their careers, pretty demanding careers and having kids and Mm -hmm. being in like journalism is ultra competitive. I think it's harder to get into than even medical school. And it's just like, you know, it's just been such a huge support to me to have, I think I feel really lucky to be living in more progressive cities where the women I encounter at church do have a lot of shared experiences and that I can look to still for a lot of guidance and support. I think it's been so wonderful to live here and just have, yeah, that experience of, of being able to be supportive of women who are choosing a different path than Mm -hmm. I ever knew growing up and, Mm -hmm. you know, choosing a different path than I'm on currently. I Mm. mean, my thought when I went to grad school was that I would be a writing mom and I've, Mm -hmm. you know, been able to maintain that sometimes getting paid and sometimes not, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) always, always working at it. And the hope that an opportunity to, to step into the workforce more seriously and And to have my experience as a mom recognized as an asset. So you feel less like an oddity or a curiosity than you did like in your first couple of years. Yeah. And I think part of it is that people probably imagine that I'm older than I am because they're like, oh, you have three kids. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder how much of our, our experiences as young mothers, uh, how much of the change that we are seeing is changes in our own perspectives versus changes in, like you were talking about when we were growing up, a big age gap in the family was like, oops, you know, that was kind of the assumption. Um, Mm -hmm. And if people are more open to the idea that, you know, everybody, every family looks different and whatever your family ends up looking like, that is a beautiful, wonderful thing. I wonder as well about like your experience as a woman in medicine, um, how much is like very conscious trying to be accommodating how much 
you having grown as a person are more confident in claiming whatever you can do. Yeah, it's, that's true. I do feel like I've had time to grow into this as you know, now I've been a mom for a little while and I'm just a little more comfortable telling people. And now I have such like real life stories and experiences that I can share with people and we can really quickly bond over. And I recognize that they aren't really judging me as I maybe anticipated and that we're just enjoying living our lives and experiencing it in different ways, but being able to share that and feel like we're all, we're all in this human experience, you know, people are actually a lot more supportive than I think we sometimes imagine. So, mm-hmm. or at least that's how I feel. But yeah, part of it is that I'm probably just a little more confident and comfortable in where I'm at. There have been times through work, at work, where I, I, you know, we see tragedy happen in the emergency room. Sometimes we see people die suddenly. Sometimes we see people face sudden disability. And I feel like already, even at the beginning of my intern year, when I started seeing this, I had this idea in the back of my head and maybe it's kind of morbid, but I would think about my own family and think like, what if one of us dies? And like, should there be more of us just in case? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I just saw it so realistically that like, you know, although we live at a pretty good time, some children don't live to adulthood. Will I want there to be more support for my kids if they lose a sibling? Will I want there to be someone else there? And like, it almost feels like I'm going back to the way people thought like 200 years ago where you just kind of tried to have as many children so you would have as many farm hands to have as much help and you know it's like <laughs> counting right. numbers almost like uh-huh. how many can we get to because not all of them are going to live and we need you know so many to grow up to adulthood and mm-hmm. anyway so and like I said it feels kind of morbid but at the same time you know I see it and I'm like yeah this is something that can happen and it's hard you know, dealing with loss, but it's easier when you have a little bit more family support and people who share that experience with you. And in some ways, that's where I actually started thinking about having a fourth was when I, you know, a little bit after I started, after I'd kind of recovered more Mm -hmm. and my baby was a little older and I was like, yeah, what if, what if one of them dies? Do I want them to just have two siblings? Do I want a third that can share that experience with them? It, It, and again, like sometimes when I tell people this, they're like, what are you thinking? This is so morbid. But and at I'm the like, same time, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's really a really interesting perspective. And and I don't know. It shows a lot of forethought. Like, yeah. I, I remember talking to a friend here in Brooklyn many years ago who she was like, um, imagine what you want your family to be like in 20 years, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Don't think about right now. <laughs> think yeah. about 20 years ago. What, what, who do you want to have around the table? You know, yeah. what would feel like a good, a good Thanksgiving dinner for you? Yeah. Um, which I thought was an interesting perspective. Yeah, exactly. And that's those. That's the perspective I have when I'm at work and I see someone die and the family members coming in. And I imagine, like, who's going to be there when I die? Who's going to come rushing in? You know, you have it just, it it comes into your mind all the time. And you see these really beautiful experiences where 
someone's, you know, surrounded by their family and they're obviously shocked and sad and in tears. And but at the same time, it's so obvious that they were loved. And it's it's also a really beautiful thing to see. And and I think like, wow, that's the big picture here. And that's where I kind of that's yeah, that's where I felt like maybe I could have another one because if I look a little farther in the future, think past those first, you know, the years of pregnancy and the infant years. That's mm-hmm. really like the big picture, right? But, you know, at the same time, I think I think we do have to factor in that like if you're really going to be suffering for 2 years, that's still okay to factor into the equation, you know. <laughs> but like that's real too. And even though there is maybe an end goal that you have to acknowledge that getting there might not work for everyone. So many thanks and well wishes to Rebecca, who was so generous with her time and with her thoughts and experiences. We'd love to hear from you about what you'd like to talk about. If you have a conversation you've been dying to have or a story you want to tell, reach out on Instagram at Cocoon Stories or on our website, cocoonstories.com. And feel free to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts so more people can find us. We hope to hear from you soon. As a closing thought, I wanted to share a quote from Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg about her experience as a young mother pursuing a career in law. Work-life balance was not a term yet coined in the years my children were young. It is aptly descriptive of the time distribution I experienced. My success in law school, I have no doubt, was in large measure because of baby Jane. I attended classes and studied diligently until four in the afternoon. The next hours were Jane's time, spent in the park playing silly games or singing funny songs, reading picture books and A.A. Milne poems, and bathing and feeding her. After Jane's bedtime, I returned to the law books with renewed will. Each part of my life provided respite from the other and gave me a sense of proportion that classmates trained only on law studies lacked. Thank you, Justice Ginsburg, for your time, your talents, your wisdom, your perspective, your life. Que faites-vous? Que faites-vous?